A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. Well, Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Mike Ryder chiming in. And uh, Mikey, first of all, I haven't asked you about just the state of college football yet uh, this year. And just in general, you you worked in the, the coaching world for a long time, so you're familiar with it. But I mean, it's been like this crazy evolution to then now, it just seems like it's so rapid. It's so hard to wrap your mind around. So what do you think of all of this? Uh, just the NIL stuff, the transfer portal, the seventh year seniors everywhere. How do you sort of grasp and wrap your mind around all of it? Gosh, that's a, such a loaded question, right? Um, I think uh, it is continuing to change and evolve. I feel like college football was so stagnant for so long. It was such a, you know, the NCAA was, you know, so sedentary and still in so many ways so old school in how they view things, and that's a whole other topic. But, um, you know, outside of uh, – you know, the NCAA, um, I mean, it didn't change, but what was changing was some of the, of course, the recruiting changed and, uh, you know, the X's and O's were changing. Uh, but, it, you know, football, football was pretty, pretty stagnant. And then insert the time that we're in now, and I think the recruiting is what was domino one. It, it's changed so much. Totally. Um, I mean, I, on the tail end of my last year in 2015, so 2014, 2015, um, recruiting there for, for MSU, I felt some of that, just the importance of Facebook and Twitter and connecting and, right. and you know, still doing a bunch of handwritten notes. But I'm telling you, Coulter, that these coaches now, uh, it is a 24-7 job, and they are, every single one on their staff is constantly recruiting and it's it's an absolutely bizarre, bizarre thing i mean you are courting you know so many kids and you're having you know dms and texts and conversations and uh you are just trying to stay top of mind and and how do you do that in an organic way and build an actual relationship with some of these kids and how do you set yourself apart um you know and then i mean then you insert the the NIL piece, and so it, it is just, it's a convoluted mess. I mean, I, I'm all for uh, these kids getting a piece of the pie, but I, I'm like a lot of people somewhere in between. There is a value on education, um, and so I, I hope that we don't overlook that because there's value there, but I also believe in these kids getting a cut of it, and, but it can't be the Wild West. It can't just be like um, what we see right now. I think there has to be some parameters because uh, the thing I love about college football culture is it's not pro football. That's right. I mean, pro foot. Pro, that's what I love about it. I pro pro football. I, I watched I watched five plays yesterday of Monday Night Football and I turned it off. I literally I went and laid in bed at eight thirty and I read a book instead of watching Monday Night Football because that's it. Just it doesn't do it for me. I, if if I can watch an Alex Singleton or uh, at one point Mike Person or some of those guys, I, I love watching the Montana guys, Troy Anderson. Uh, I love it. But outside of that, I don't really care about the teams. And so I want college football to stay college football. How do we do that while also, you know, giving these kids a cut of the pie when their jerseys sold all over the stadium? That's only right. I mean, they've earned it. So, you know, kind of spitball. I know there's a lot there, man. I don't have any, you know, proposed solutions other than, uh, you know, 
the, the NCAA and then how they view things. You throw in a pandemic and now you got guys getting seven years and uh, playing a whole lot of college football and then they say yes to some waivers, no to some waivers. I think the NCAA is uh, just ridiculous in so many ways. Um, but it's, uh, it's things have changed a, a whole heck of a lot. That's what I do know. And I totally agree with you. I don't want it to be pro football, but it seems like the Power Five has gone that way. That it is, I mean, it's pro football without the name, right? But pretty much everybody's getting paid. I think people don't understand the way the recruiting works, too. Like you were talking about when you were an assistant at MSU, you're doing all that on your own. Like at Alabama, they got 25 strength coaches and 25 more assistant strength coaches who all bend the rule of when you can text guys. So the co- coaches are just passing it along. Every recruit that's going to Texas and Alabama, they're getting texts all day, every day from everybody. And it's not necessarily from the actual guy that's recruiting them. It's just veiled as that because it's this giant machine. I mean, Nick Saban has hundreds of guys on his staff to do all this sort of stuff. And that's where, I, yeah. that's where it just bothers me so much just because – when you were at MSU, for example, or when that's why we love the Big Sky, that's why we love the Montana schools. It's about this this dream of being a, a cat and a grizz, and then it's about something way bigger than yourself. So many guys that came before you, so many guys that came after you, and sure, you get the glory of running out of the tunnel, and maybe you'll be on an R-Bar commercial these days or whatever, but it's yeah. so much more than that. It's about being a part of this history, this fabric of it. And that's what we love about college football. And now it just seems like the top level is just money, glory, and just the meat market that is the highest level. It's just crazy to me. They still find a way to capture some of the, the old school, um, you know, benefit of an education while also rolling in the fact that, like, hey, you can get a good education, but you also have the opportunity for NIL. And, um, you know, and there's still the pageantry and the history that's rich within a program. So how do you how do you package that all to an 18 year old while also trying to figure out what the hell is important to them? Right. Some of these kids are like, well, the only thing that I care about is trying to get the NFL. Okay. Well now let's talk about that. Right. I mean, or the NIL is really, really important. We saw the whole saga with, you know, uh, uh, Rashada, right. That was down to Florida and then went from Florida and it was crazy. And then, and I was at L- or, um, Arizona state. Like, I mean, some bizarre stuff he was promised a certain amount of money and it didn't happen it's just the wild west it, it wasn't meant to be this way but i'm totally. also not one of those old that one of those old timers it's like you should just you know get your education and be happy with just your education sure i i, I mean that's that's naive in my right. opinion sure. i know that that's how things have, were done back then but um everything evolves and everything changes and, um, you know, college football is no different. We just got to find a way to, to find a middle ground where everybody benefits. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Well, one thing I would do is just don't give NIL money to guys to get them to come to your school. They got to earn it when they get there, right? Because like these guys that are getting $10 million out the gate before they to go commit somewhere. I just think that is completely spitting in the face of what college football is supposed to be about. I mean, think about all the guys that you, that you played with that 
had no offer. But that's the reason they became great, right? Like Caleb Schreibweiss was about to get cut. And then he rededicated yeah. himself and became a two-time All-American. So I, sometimes I feel like the chip on your shoulder is what makes you develop into this outstanding player. And I think that that's getting removed, which then in turn is is impeding how good these guys can become. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then and then you you, you put in the social media piece, Coulter. That oh man, these kids. But there's just so much in their face, right? They're being told. Um, you know, what their worth is all the time and uh, what they should be compensated and and then they get there and, and it, you know, the fact of the matter is, is so many of these kids, they want to be recruited more than they want to play football. That's right. And that's, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you figure that out? How do you get to the root of that? And to me, those are the, it's taking more as a coach right now in the recruiting realm where you're having to sit down with these guys and you're like, all right, I have to cipher through all the garbage and kick through the crap because yes, NIL is a factor. Okay, buddy, we're going to try and get you, you know, paid a little bit here. And yes, education is very important to you. Okay, we're going to get a good education. But what's actually important to you? Right. Like, do you, do you, can you actually play? I know you got the skills, but do you have some of that dog in you? Do you have the, the, the desire to be great? And you talk about wanting to go and play at the next level. Do you have any idea what it takes to yes. play at the next level? Do yep. you have the work ethic? Do you have the ability? And so, man, these coaches, I don't envy them at all. They're sitting in these living rooms, and they're seeing the tape and how good these kids are, but they're having to figure out, like, man, does this kid have any dog in him? Does he have any resiliency, or has he just been able to skate by because he's so naturally gifted? Right. And, and, and you know, is he going to – fall when times get tough so these coaches man they're having to work through a lot as they're evaluating these kids and you've seen kids that just i mean recruiting was never a science and you always whiffed we whiffed on kids that we thought were really good but we didn't even have all this crap to wade through right so these coaches man they're having a lot to work through just to see like is this kid worth you know is the juice worth the squeeze Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. I think that that's one thing. You, I think when Jeff Choate first got to Montana State, he struggled with it at first, knowing the type of guy that was going to fit in first and foremost in Bozeman and at Montana State University. Then he figured that out a little bit. But that's one thing I would say that Brent Vegan has done so well is it doesn't even matter where the guys are from. He's recruiting guys that first and foremost want to be in school at Montana State and want to live in Bozeman and then also want to be a part of this Bobcat football family. I think that's why you're seeing them have so much success. Yeah, yeah. And, and because I also I don't want to be a total Debbie Downer because I also want to tell you that there are a lot of kids out there that that's good enough, right? It's good enough to come to Montana State. Absolutely. And, and if they get an opportunity to go play in the NFL, great. If they get you know some NIL money, which is, you, you know, you got to be doing what – Brandon Van Cleve and the Bobcat Collective are doing awesome, awesome. They're putting some extra money in these kids' pockets. They're not millionaires, but they're putting some extra money in these kids' pockets. But the guys running out on Saturday and playing for Montana State or Montana, 
because you dreamed about it as a kid, it's enough, and you get to go play. And so that is what probably why I love the FCS so much because yeah. Montana State's never going to be Texas. It's never going to be Alabama, and that's why I love it, and that's why the people in the state love it, and it's got a different fabric to it. So while uh, you know here we are talking NIL and all this stuff, it's just we're not comparing apples to apples, that's right. obviously, when you're talking FBS versus SCS, but there's still a trickle-down effect. Right? Yes, it's right. Effects and you still got to play by the, you know, play by similar rules and then look man you, you throw in the transfer portal which is an interesting topic in itself and uh you know gosh now you're a coach you're trying to recruit kids that are high school kids and junior college and now you're also trying to re-recruit your own kids that you've already recruited once so how do you how do you manage that how do you tackle that uh what are your what's your stance on that as a coach if somebody jumps in the portal uh, are they off the team? Do you, you know, is it a case by case basis? Uh, I, I don't know all the answers on it, but I do know that opportunities for kids to move and to shift and to make different plans, it is a good thing. It is a good thing because coaches can do it, but you have to have some teeth in the whole thing. Um, and it's, it's got to be about the student athletes, the betterment of the student athletes. And um, you do need to go to school and get good grades. And But I, I think the transfer portal is a good thing, but. Uh, I think it uh, it has some drawbacks as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the the few incremental things that I would do is I would say no more NIL money for guys coming right out of high school. You got to earn it while you're at your college. I also think yep. that I also think that transferring, uh, if you've transferred once, that's fine. A second time, I think you should have to go through a completely different waiver process, and we're seeing that come back around now. And just from yeah. a pure advice standpoint, I just think that if you're transferring because it's not a right fit. You don't like the Bozeman weather. You're homesick. You're, you know, your grandma's sick or whatever. Uh, you know, whatever. Th- those are all valid reasons to transfer. The coach you came to play for left. That's all fine. If you're just leaving yep. because it's hard, or because you're, you, you, it's, you know, you, you didn't get what you wanted, or you're not getting the guaranteed playing time you thought you were going to have, that's that's where I think this thing gets all messed up. Because I, I mean, again, that, yep. that's some of the great stories come from guys that aren't playing and then that figure it out and have these great off seasons and then start playing. So I don't know. I think that, yeah. that I think they should, the other rule I'd make is you can't transfer after the first semester of your freshman year. You got to make it at least a year where you're at and then see where you're at. I, I think those are great, man. And then if you transfer once, uh, you know, you, you get your first transfer, you get your first transfer, yep. but then the second one, there comes with a cost. I mean, yep. We, we, we have to teach a level of accountability. I mean, totally. things just don't go your way all the time. And there's and they're, they're, while there are decisions on shifting jobs and everything like that when you get older, they, it still comes with repercussions. And so these mm-hmm. kids need to learn that too. I'm going to transfer once because I was homesick. I I got it, I was homesick and it was a playing time thing and, 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 okay. We gave you that first strike. Now you need to be diligent about this second decision. You're going to sit down and you're going to you're going to weigh the pros and cons, and you're going to make a wise decision, the wisest you can. And then after that, there, there's a penalty, and that's and that's totally fair. And I, I like your rule on the on the um, you know the first semester of college. Man, I shoot, I lived an hour and forty five minutes from my <laughs> you would have thought I, you, you would you would have thought I was in uh, in like you know Russia. I mean, it's right. like. It's hard, and so you got to push through. And um, there's some good resiliency that's built there. And then, um, yeah, I, I think uh, there has to be some 
some give and take there um, uh, as far as the transfer portal. But I do know that it's been helpful in terms of uh, rebuilding the roster and things like that. I think it has provided a certain level of excitement, but you got to have some parameters around it. I totally agree. Uh, last thing for you then, I know we talked all about this broad topic, but let's talk about the Bobcat actual game this week. They scored 72 on Cal Poly last year, even though they had not a running back to be had. They were so banged up, they are playing a receiver at running back, and he still rushed for 250 yards. So uh, that said, I mean, I, I've watched Cal Poly this year. They are still struggling, um, but they are a little bit improved. But more than anything, I think this is just about the Cats and what they have now and what they have coming up. I mean, it's basically judgment day for the Cats the next two weeks at Sac State, at Idaho. So, I mean, they got to just avoid a trap game this weekend, right? Yeah, totally. And it helps that it's at home. It's a night game. There's always a little extra juice, right, under the lights. And um, I don't know. I haven't seen a status update on Tommy. I would assume that he probably doesn't play uh, just based on necessity, uh, unless you can inform me otherwise. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think – you still have got off of a bye. You have to shake off some rust, and it's an opportunity to go out and compete under the lights, pack stadium, and and get nice and, and well and oiled uh, as you head into, as you mentioned, a very pivotal two weeks with Sac State and Idaho. I mean, it doesn't get any more difficult on the road. So I think you have to, to use it as like we've got to springboard ourselves, focus on the moment, but we've got to springboard ourselves into the next couple weeks and, uh, you know, we got to show, uh, uh, you know, we're a mature team, a team to be reckoned with. We're the second-ranked team in the country. we got to come out and handle business. I mean, it seems like they have that business-like approach. So I think it should be uh, in the clear, but we'll see. You never know what's going to happen at the Big Sky Conference. Mike Ryder here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks for being here, man. Good conversation. Yeah, you got it, Colton. Thanks for having me, man. Always appreciate it. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. 